Hey. How you doing? Oh, good. So bird watching. That's how I wanted to I wanted to give follow-up on bird watching. I saw you had a tweet about that. Okay. You're gonna out me. Yeah, I, I am. Um well, are you a known birder? Are you a, is this a is this a recent hobby? What's going on here? Uh I like birds. I'm not obsessed in the way that some people are obsessed about birds. Um I don't like yeah, I mean, some people, for some people, it's Pokemon, basically. And if you know the story of Pokemon, it's basically to try to encourage bird watching like activities in the general population through a game, which obviously did not do any of that kind of thing whatsoever. But now kids, you know, have an encyclopedic knowledge of made up animals, which yeah. maybe, I don't know, you can't quite iterate from there to them understanding evolution by natural selection and biology and, uh, and so on. But anyway. I like birds. Birds are cool. Birds are good people. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the way, because I've said that we're going to get a bunch of snide comments about how birds aren't real, how it's all a conspiracy. Oh, oh I love okay. that. That is just, I mean, thank you. I'm just glad the internet created that whole situation. I don't even fully understand it. And I'm just so happy. Um, yeah, the I brought up the birds mainly because I had a bird experience last night. Okay. And so there was this huge, I was outside in my backyard a couple of weeks ago and I was looking at this tree in the distance and I noticed that the top was like sawed off. And I was wondering like, how could the top of a tree fall off? So weird. And then all of a sudden a gigantic owl lands on it. And it's, it's basically the owl out of Winnie the Pooh, the wise old owl with the tufts and the ears. And it spins its head without moving its body as they do. And it's, I had just, I ran inside to get the binoculars stared at each other i saw its yellow eyes i was shook i was like a spiritual experience and i've been on the hunt for this uh owl ever since um Fantastic. and uh and last night i was setting up uh carly and i were setting up a mirror and we heard the owl and we went outside and it was in our lawn like in this tree and i think i basically my thought was i kind of get it i like the pokemon vibes like collecting these things allowing them to battle against each other, my bird versus <laughs> your bird. Uh, I get the appeal. You know you know what I thought was crazy living in San Francisco? As you know, I was in San Francisco for 10 years. Very interesting city, impossible to describe in a sentence or two, but yeah. just one kind of observation. Everyone is doing something. Very few people are looking up and noticing that there are red-tailed hawks over the city like over the over the middle of the city yeah. over skyscrapers uh i mean there are other raptors as well that like live in the skyscrapers and uh there's just like all going isn't it so cool to have hawks like i'm also interested in smaller not so like flashy birds yeah. but you've got actual hawks you know no, you can hear that like if your headphones are in you're not going to hear like your airpods you're listening to something you're not going to hear the screeches of those hawks and you're missing out I always think of the scene in Interstellar where they're all sad up there. Again, this is not really a spoiler, but Matthew McConaughey's character um, is like seemingly calm and he's listening to just rain trickling and just the sounds of the earth will allow us when we're like floating through space to just be grounded. And I had, a, again, a similar experience the other day running. I'm going on a run. I like to run a lot. Uh, and I'm listen. I'm going through this. The rains have finally stopped, so it's a finally a nice sunny day, and I'm listening to a podcast about eliminating distractions from my life, 
And I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why am I, why can I not be alone with my thoughts? And I turned Was it off. Was my voice in your head as you were doing that? Yeah. yeah. As you were so, recognizing Yeah. It was like, odds, odds would not be happy. Um, yeah. So I think that kind of prompted why I wanted to chat with you today about this. So are we creating evil in the world by, by putting our voices out there and, and how can we think about that? And also, am I, I getting, say, am I getting blippy? My video seems a little blippy. You are blippy. Yeah. Should we yeah. do live debugging? What's going on? Yeah. Can you, um, what's going on here? I mean, if you notice it, it's not mine, but I'll, I'll try and trace her out to a zoom server. Okay. I'm, I just did a little fast.com over here. I'm very, things are happy. I'm 900 megabit megabytes per second. So let's, let's both do this. Uh, we got to figure out which, um, zoom server we're on. Okay. Yeah. I'm which, frozen again. It looks like USO2 web. Uh, well, this is going to be the web server. I'm not sure how effective this will be, but assuming that the servers are, you, are mostly are you sending me a, a command I need to ping or something. Uh, yeah, we'll do a trace route. Okay. Doing it from my end. I'll send it to yours. Okay. Let's see chat. We will not edit this out. Yeah. So just, just try it. I'm not sure if this is the same server that we're doing the communication via, but uso2web.zoom.us and just trace route that. Yeah. You're on, you're on Mac OS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have MTR installed. I don't have MTR. I think you, you can brew install it. Um, it's okay. MTR. It stands for Matt's trace route. It's just like, Oh, I think you were telling me about way, this. So brew install MTR. Yeah. And Matt just has a better visualization. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's more concurrent. And uh, so you get updates faster and it updates in place. And so you get aggregate statistics of, um, uh, well, you know, it's an aggregation and a statistic odds. Uh, you get <laughs> aggregate stats of like average uh, best worst standard deviation of um, ping to each hop along the way to your route. And the route is just assumed to be kind of static. So, okay, I think I got it. So you got running. Oh, it says I need to, do I need to pseudo this? You may, yeah. Okay. Oh, beautiful. All right. So I reached, I think I've reached it here and I have packet so what are you, loss. What are you, look, are you getting any packet loss? Yeah, I've got like 13, 12% packet loss at the eighth hop here. Which oh. Is, yeah. Who who is that eighth hop? Can you it doesn't it doesn't give me a name? It's just an IP. It's an IP address. Yeah, but um, there's, there's ten hops total, and it's it's like the it's number eight. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's going to be close to a Zoom server then. Okay, let's. Okay. Uh, I guess this podcast is about how to live debug a Zoom call. Yeah. So, um, if you're seeing an IP address and not a host name, that means yeah. that there's no um, reverse DNS record uh, for that IP address. Okay. So, but we can still figure out more about it. So if, uh, one thing that we can do is um, run this with a flag that will show what autonomous system it's part of. Look, okay. not that it's going to matter because what are you going to do? Send an email to- No, no, but, but what, is, what does autonomous system mean? Okay. So uh, I guess it's a networking class. Yeah. So the, the, the internet is a network of networks. You know that. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, do. do you know the origin of how that started? Uh, well, you have the ARPANET, which was yeah, yeah, and then there were I think so there what was, something... was what do you know do you know what the ARPANET was like? You know that ARPA brought it together. Yeah, I know or... ARPA brought it together, and there were like four sites in California. I think that might have been the initial, maybe one in Harvard as well that was nearby, and it, they had these different. Um, they hired BBN to sort of create these sort of like um router machines that were like the first layer but then it allowed you to have different hosts and different end end hosts that had different operating systems and things like that um, yeah 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 so you, yeah you're getting a lot of it including bbn yeah. uh so they there were networks already people don't appreciate this they think that that Licklider, arpa they like invented the entire idea of networking no people were networking the, I, the thing that they facilitated was internetworking, connecting one network to another. So like MIT, you buy this big mainframe, you pay 10 million bucks or something. Obviously, you don't want to just batch process the thing. Like you don't want people to have to show up physically with punch cards, give it to an operator, and then like wait till the next day for an answer. That's not, you know, you want to connect everyone with their teletypewriters. And so you start having this little network and maybe you get a second machine and they communicate with one another, but also the, you know, couple of dozen people who have teletypewriter access to the mainframes, right? That's their network. That's their local. Sorry, network. sorry, just to clarify, the network in this context is one mainframe and a bunch of dumb. That's charts. how it's that's okay. how it starts, right? Okay. Um, but then as you add more nodes, you're like, well, let's add let's add a second mainframe. Why not? Um, you know, the, the mini computers start to show up. Let's add some mini computers. So you start to get a a graph that forms of people who are connected to the individual nodes and then you know do the hop to hop routing between them too yep um, I'm, I'm still here if it looks frozen now i'm seeing loss at my at the first thing my local uh network oh that's you then yeah okay uh, so that's that could be someone else in my household on the internet uh if you're getting packet loss is it is it literally a router is it a private ip address like 192.168 or something uh it's uh i'll just it's unify.local domain so i'm using unify hardware okay yeah you um like if you're getting packet loss there i mean i shouldn't just uh i shouldn't encourage you all to just pattern match <laughs> to the most likely thing but the most likely thing for some reason you're overrunning a buffer mm -hmm. um and so packets that show up need to be dropped but it doesn't really make sense unless you've got just a ton of throughput like the device should be provisioned well enough yeah um and so you know ultimately ends up being turned off and on again you got into a weird state some of the buffers full of something that's not getting cleared or something like that okay so you drop in packets at the end but are you seeing both that and packet loss at hop eight yeah it's down to 4.3 percent at hop eight and i'm at 1.9 percent at the first at my local uh okay yeah you got two problems it sounds like i got two i gotta i gotta i know what i'll do after this call which is unplug and plug back in uh, okay, but yeah, internet. So yeah, yeah, autonomous system. So so yeah. Uh, what, so I know that eventually the ARPANET was able to connect these different networks. I remember there was something in Hawaii where there was another network. Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's another great example. Like AlohaNet is very, very different to MIT's network, to what Stanford had, to what BBN was experimenting with, University of Utah. Like all of these early you know, pioneers in networking, they're just networking their local communities, right? Their, their university communities, mostly so that people could get remote access to this expensive hardware. 
Um, but it was a huge idea to say they should be connected with one another. That that's Licklider's big vision. You know what Bob Taylor really uh, helped implement. You know, happened to be funded by the U.S. military, but really wasn't about the kind of conspiracy theories that people. Well, I shouldn't characterize it like that. There was some interest from the military in funding packet switching, like the earlier basic technology that 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 uh, causes us to deviate from circuit switching, basic telephony. But um, and Licklider may have used the kind of defense angle to to get this funded. Budget. Well, is yeah, the sorry the conspiracy theory being this is the network that can withstand oh, yeah. your war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. internet was invented in order to be able to route around nuclear destruction yeah. or whatever. That's not no the 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 thing that we call the internet is Likolider interconnecting existing local networks um, because he believed in an intergalactic literally an intergalactic super network. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Uh, to to share knowledge, like to to have knowledge that's uh, locked up in one institution be shared with another. Like it is just the vision of the internet, not not some, you know, defense strategy. But Did yeah, you, you know, uh, was... slight distraction. But I feel I can't remember exactly the news article, but it was someone involved in the. It was either Ethernet person. Um, is it Metcalf, the Ethernet Metcalf, person? Yeah. yeah. I think there was some article a couple of years back where they were talking about what actually would uh, inter intergalactic TCP IP look like. And they were saying the routers might have to have some sort of state because there's experiencing like some sort of like disconnect. So he was he was working on TCP IP for communicating with Mars, communicating with like Europa satellites and things like that. Did you see that article? Was it Metcalf? I don't know. I'm just imagining it was someone like that. It might have been someone else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to consider. We do have satellite internet. I mean, I'm just about to get Starlink. Okay, um, good, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'll look that up and I'll find it for next time. <laughs> but how does well, this, how does figure this solve my problem? Look, don't get Starlink if the problem is at Zoom's end. So we still need to figure out which autonomous system this IP address is part of yep. causing you to drop packets. Uh, but what is an autonomous system? We're getting to that. The, the autonomous system is a legacy of this origin of the internet, where the whole point was to say, we, we're providing a protocol for internet working. But once it gets to your network, you control the what's called the interior routing. Mm -hmm. So these days, we use a protocol called BGP, Border Gateway Protocol, you may have heard of. Okay. That I defines... That. So, so BGP is one of those like miraculous that it works uh you know honestly shocking that it works a uh, piece of vital infrastructure implemented both in hardware and software um that is just like underlies the internet you know the internet wouldn't work without it or an equivalent it is the the protocol that defines how two autonomous systems share routes so let's say that you spin up as an autonomous system, you're a new ISP, new data center, mm -hmm. just a large organization, um, and you want to interconnect with other people, uh, you are participating in BGP, uh, you have an autonomous system number, you have routes that you control yourself, like your own IP addresses, and you're advertising this to your peers. Peer, peer is... A, a, technical term in this case, which means someone with whom you exchange routes directly okay. and you have a physical, you have a physical link, right? You might be in a, in an exchange point or you've just, you just uh, have a physical connection between one of your 
uh, routers and one of their routers. Okay. So, uh, so the BGP defines how you advertise yourself to the rest of the world. And uh, kind of, did, did you um, catch wind of the Facebook outage? Uh, is it last year now? I yeah, mean, I'm not sure. There was like a major Facebook outage. Um, like facebook.com was out for something like a day. And it was just, it was just fundamental to the point where Facebook employees could not get access to Facebook HQ because mm -hmm. their swipe card uh, authentication was over the public internet uh, to Facebook servers, which were inaccessible due to, I mean, how can we, how can we fix, how can we fix Slack if Slack is down? Or how do we? Yeah, yeah it's so. like they they literally could not get into the building because they couldn't reach their service over the public internet. Uh, so they had to like physically go to their data centers and then like convince the security people that they should be allowed in. And I just imagine them being like, "Look, Facebook.com, it's down. I'm Facebook.com. Uh, I need to be able to get in here. Yeah. I've only ever SSH into these machines, but I need to physically walk up to one now because I can't SSH because of a really fundamental issue oh my God. with BGP." with bgp so what was their bgp problem <laughs> I, I don't know if i can tell you because it's just too and i shouldn't laugh because like yeah. you know it's, it's like it's kind of catastrophic for them to be down for that long but they basically due to a reason that they have not specified it could mm -hmm. be like human operator error or like a semi-automated system generating configuration that was not properly qa'd but basically they advertised to their peers that they no longer existed. So, so they 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 using BGP, they they uh, send out a notice effectively saying Facebook.com this IP address range does yeah. not exist. So uh, that means that the peers are dropping that traffic and not forwarding it on to Facebook. It's just like there's nothing there. There's nothing behind that IP address. So like, why would I send you that packet? Why would I forward that packet? And then those peers also um, propagate that information to the rest of the internet. So until the new routing information gets repropagated, once they figure out what's going on, advertise that and get that propagated again, uh, everyone is just dropping packets that are addressed to Facebook. How can packet. you, how do you reconnect to, like, how can you reconfirm that you're legit again? Do you have to change your BGP range or do you have to, like request packets come through and have those be successful? How are they able to work their way out of that? Oh, I mean, basically, did I say it's surprising that BGP works? There's a level of trust that you have. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's also means of verification, but more or less, you're sending these routes through a direct physical connection that you have to your peers mm. and they accept them, um, you know. And, you know, it's, re it's reasonably secure there because you had to go through some process to establish the physical connection yeah. as you, you someone else can't really come and like impersonate you in that physical context but yeah basically they just need to say whoops no uh, actually we are here please do forward traffic um over this hop and uh you know over this link to us for this ip address range and then that gets propagated got it are you um, um, this, this reminds me of something for from where wizards stay up late the christmas day bug during the arpanet days where apparently Harvard started advertising that they were zero hops away from any destination. And then everything just started flooding to them. And this was on Christmas day. And they like, it was like overwhelming everything. So all messages were like, oh, this Harvard note is the closest stop, no matter where anything was going. And they apparently had to like physically cut the link 
from the system. It happens. It happens all the time, all the time, to the point where like this outage was going on, and um, I, I was on Twitter, uh, you know, just because it's an outage, it's so exciting. I got to see what's going on. That's my <laughs> excuse for being on Twitter. And um, sorry, I'm trying to multitask and also bring up an article here while I talk. But uh, people were like, ah, you know, the DNS servers are down. It's DNS. It's always DNS. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's the DNS servers are down, but so is every other server in this IP address range. Uh, like you cannot make, you cannot ping the IP address that the DNS server would have given you. It's not about DNS. It may be about BGP. Um, and it's getting to the point where I'm like, is it always BGP? Uh, you know, the meme, like it's always DNS. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not. Anyway, for something at this scale, it's like it, you got to be suspicious that it's BGP. Um, but the the incident that you, I didn't I didn't know that um, okay. that story. But what you describe, it happens all the time. And uh, I've got a favorite one that I'll bring up okay. in a second. I just got to remove all the private stuff from my screen before yeah. I. Share oh, it. we're getting a screen share. Uh, let's see. All right, let's see. Now I got to do Zoom. I got to carefully share this screen and not the other one. Desktop two. Okay. BGP. This is just a great okay. title after what we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not our fault. Oh, it's not, it's definitely not Cloudflare's okay. fault. Like for sure here, it's absolutely not Cloudflare's okay. uh, fault. Cloudflare just has a kind of bird's eye view on these things where it's like, oh, if the internet's down, we're going to notice and maybe we can help fix it even. Yeah. Uh, at least we can help figure out what's going on. This article is fantastic. Like you just, everyone needs to read this if you work with the internet or are just curious about how the internet works. Um, firstly, it was written during the incident. So uh, impressive to them that they could get it out. Um, but they explain exactly what's going on. So with BGP, you advertise these routes. Mm -hmm. um, there's this idea of an optimizer where you're saying, um, hey, like take this route. I can explain the subnet notation. Or do you, do you recognize this subnet notation? Do you know what the slash 20 means? No. Okay, so this is saying, when I say advertise route, what I'm saying is um, look at this these 32 bits. Remember, an IPv4 address is just a super dorky way of expressing 32 bits. Yep. Each of these is one byte, dot and decimal, yep. just the yep. worst possible notation. Anyway, a separate podcast on that. Okay. Uh, so, so take these th 32 bits expressed as dot decimal, consider the first 20 of them, the high order 20 of them. So starting from the left, that's why the zeros here are kind of irrelevant. Um, at least the, the last zero here is uh, totally relevant. Starting from the left, consider the first 20 bits. If your IP address has its high order 20 bits matching the high order 20 bits of this, then it is part of the subnet. It is a way of grouping together IP addresses hierarchically based on matching the high order bits. Okay. And so um, do you have to agree with your peers on the number of bits or the the range? Like what is the agreement? This is, this is yeah. just a way of talking about a set of IP addresses, okay. right? Because you don't want to talk about every single IPv4 address as an yeah. individual yeah. thing and say, hey, match, th send this to Facebook and also send this to Facebook because then you get a table of 4 billion things, right? Two to 32. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about a range. And so IP addresses have an inherent structure, left to right, hierarchical, where if you have more matching at the 
at the high order bits, that means that it is uh, closer to your destination. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is this is the this is the fundamental way that IP does routing. Um, first, exterior routing that we're talking about with BGP, and then we can talk about interior routing too if you're interested. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the what the router stores is this subnet mapped to and a physical interface where it's like, hey, if it matches this rule, then forward it over this physical link. If it okay. doesn't forward it maybe over this physical link based on matching a slash 10, right? Like maybe um, by matching the first eight bits or 10 bits or something, you're going to say, well, this is towards the East Coast rather than the West Coast. I don't know more than that. By matching the first uh, two bytes, you're like, well, this is Northern versus Southern California. If the be the better the match, the closer you're going to be able to forward it. Uh, and so, so as does you it get try to get does it try to get the largest match first? Yeah, it's it's okay. called largest prefix match. That's the name okay. of the algorithm. Got it. So uh, routers are implemented to search for effectively the longest match that you have against the IP address, the destination yeah. IP address, and that's how it decides. Yeah, it's just like if you were to ask for directions, you're driving from uh, San Francisco to New York, and you're like, hey, how do I get to this very specific place in New York, mm -hmm. like twenty uh, five Third Street or whatever? And someone's like, well, I know exactly that address. And here's the highway you should take as your first step. Mm -hmm. You're going to trust them more and take that highway. If someone's like, I don't know where that is, but to get to the East Coast, I think you take highway one. Yeah, That is like, it's better than nothing, but you want the person with the more specific information. And the closer you get to New York, the better directions you're going to get for the specific address, because it's going to be a greater match of the address overall. Got it. Reasonable analogy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so if you have a slash 20 address, you could optimize this, optimize, by saying, hey, actually consider this as two slash 21 addresses, split it into two. And uh, now, you know, implicit in this is that you're associating these with different interfaces now to be like, hey, this is a general address, I know more about it. I know more detail. Uh, and so the routing should be different if it matches X versus Y. Okay. Any questions about that? So you're you're adding another bit here. So this this uh is it called knock BGP optimizer? Is it it's figuring out how to add another bit so now it'll theoretically be more precise? Well, I mean, don't think about it as adding another bit. Think of it as taking this set of IP addresses yeah. and dividing it into two disjoint sets of IP addresses. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right? This is like adding another bit of, of significance to here. It's saying, well, like if you extend our analogy, uh, before this was saying um, Manhattan, and now this is saying, well, like Manhattan north of 40th, and this yeah. is Manhattan south of 40th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by having a more specific ad address, like range that you're talking about, now this takes priority in the longest prefix match algorithm. Okay. Right? So a router that has this route and has these routes will match against these with preference. Okay. I'm that's, following. That's why it's optimization. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, if you get it right, <laughs> this is a reasonable idea, I guess. Uh, if you get it wrong, what happens is that everyone who is trying to go to 
anywhere uh, ends up driving down this one narrow street. And that's what happened, right? So this, uh, I mean, read the article, but basically yeah. this middle of nowhere ISP, no offense uh, to people who live in Northern Pennsylvania, but th this middle of nowhere ISP is advertising itself as a route uh, for a very large chunk of uh, traffic on the internet. Yeah. Due to a bug yeah. with their optimizer or how they configured it or whatever. And um, organizations like very large autonomous systems like Verizon are not correctly verifying that because, you know, for decades, nobody bothered to do that because the internet was a niche thing. Um, and uh, over time, you know, we've developed protocols for verification of this kind of thing, but not everyone's doing it, including Verizon. Yeah. Those who don't know, Verizon is a very large ISP in the US. Uh, so anyway, it's like, I mean, of course, there's an instant pylon. Like imagine just you reroute a, a tenth of the traffic. Like imagine a tenth of the car traffic in the US goes down one street. Uh, just like instant pylon. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, internet goes down. In effect, the internet goes down. Like I experienced this. There were, there were major websites that you just couldn't access. And um, and can you, uh, as a as a someone facing this, is there any way to exclude certain ranges from when you're sending your requests or things like like? Is there there's just no way to say I want to avoid this middle of the middle of the route? No, I mean it's supposed to be transparent. That is to yeah. say, your computer, you uh, you know, ultimately your operating system is placing a destination IP address in this packet, and it's going out over the network, and then it's up to the routers from there to have correct forwarding tables. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't really have control over that. Like all you get to pick is the destination IP address other than using something like a VPN, but you know, ultimately it's not going to solve a problem. Like so this. again, like, is this a unplug and unplug fix and plug back in situation to fix for this? Yeah. Uh, no, like they need to put the correct routes in there. Um, and so, you know, again, fantastic article because it's got like. How did we fix this? Well, we called up the autonomous systems that we found that were accepting the incorrect routes, including Verizon. And this is like, oh my goodness. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like as time, they Cloudflare is so good. They published this article by the time Verizon had picked up the phone about this. Oh, Other ISPs fixed it. And they're like, what, really? Internet down? I'll deal with it tomorrow. Has Verizon published an article about this ever? Have oh, they? Would they publish an article no. about this? No, I, I don't. Maybe I doubt. they're being they're being publicly goaded here. No, so I don't understand. Couldn't they just, if they contacted these autonomous systems, if they just get unplugged, won't the traffic learn to avoid them? So I'm just curious. In practice, did they have to hot fix the routes? Did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. about like how the persistence of routes and um, uh, what they do to like uh, recover from from failure if there's like a hot standby and but the, the problem is you'd have to relearn all the routes. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that it would be a viable. Uh. Yeah. Preferable way to do it. But yeah, I don't actually know the detail of persistence. I'd love someone if if someone figured that out to just let me know. Okay. Cool. Um, have not worked in this part of the the network uh but by the way this um that was like a summary article and then a little later they have a detailed uh here you go deep dive how good is the cloudflare blog 
I feel like I want to I want to design a course that's just like let's understand a whole bunch of stuff in the Cloudflare blog. Yeah, and didn't um, you recently shared uh, someone's uh, I forget whose website, which is or repo, which is just a list of the best postmortems. Which uh, yeah, Dan Liu. Yeah, yeah, that should be yeah, a course yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, Dan Liu's. I mean, definitely there should be a postmortem course. I mean, my distributed systems course kind of ends up being a postmortem course at times. I yeah. do in the first class bring up that. Um, list of postmortems, and um, and there are some key ones there that I emphasize uh, as a way to really scare people into not having distributed systems unless they really have to. Right, right. right. Um, but yeah, so here's the detailed article, and you will learn a lot about BGP if you wow. okay. read this in a, in a kind of students um, with a student's mentality of like, let me understand exactly um, why this works. And then um, you know Ben Eater, of course, you know Ben Eater the eight-bit computer guy on youtube oh of course yeah yeah so he was a network engineer um before he went to khan academy and um he has network engineering videos that are quite good as well yeah. Yeah. um and uh he did one after the facebook outage that i mentioned that explains a lot about both dns and bgp and um he actually the kind of stuff that we're talking about he demonstrates live uh, i don't know how he did this but he's like Oh yeah, a buddy gave me access to a router. I guess like someone who knew from when he was a network engineer. Uh -huh. Um, and so he like SSHs into a real router and shows you the forwarding tables. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, as like as his way to explain this, uh, you know, the longest prefix match and all the things that we've discussed, but through just in order to demonstrate why Facebook went down, gives you that first principles kind of view. Very, very, very good way to understand that, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm sad there hasn't been an eater video in a while. I, I'm, I'm Oh, has he not published in a while? I, there was uh, he was doing a series around making your own VGA card, I think, so as a sort of follow-on to his 8-bit computer. But yeah, we should we should get him on uh on the show. Oh yeah, I'd love to have him. Yeah, as an as an educator as well as uh, just yeah. uh, great projects. Okay. Um, so anyway, so, so you're going back to my autonomous system. Yeah, yeah. So autonomous system, can I play it back to you? It is yeah, please. It is a group of, um, it's kind of like an ISP. It is a sort of network that has decided to attach itself to the internet for some reason, whether it's an ISP or some sort of lab or something like that. Uh, is, uh, and the, the internet at its outer edges uh, prior to the, like the hosts, this is the autonomous group are the things that have to adhere to the physical link protocol of the internet am i am i getting it right or no i wouldn't describe it that way but everything okay. else that you said yeah okay yeah so um we've got a lot of machines on the internet you want to think of them as logically grouped into autonomous systems that are okay. autonomously administered by entities very often isps as, as you mentioned um but uh also like facebook is an a is an as and uh, anyone who's running a data center, large okay. large companies, they're managing these clusters of machines behind a set of IP addresses. Yeah. Now, the the nodes at the edges of this autonomous system that physically peer with other ASs, they are using BGP to advertise the routes, and so they have that physical link to their peers. Right. The Google data center is connected, actually. 
why don't we uh why don't we do a little bit of this live as we go as well um okay. do you want to uh run mtr again but get the as number um i think i forget on the mtr if you look at man and then slash as it's either yeah i'll do it at the same time my, my packet loss is is gone now if that helps damn it <laughs> well if we could still look at hop eight if hop eight is still the same uh it looks the same yeah yeah it's so it's slash uh, sorry it's uh minus z the flag in okay. mtr it's yeah. a, a in um oh, I see. okay yeah hop eight so do you want me to read that to you uh are you are you running it with the z flag yeah z flag? i have i have this as number okay do you want to uh share your screen and um just google the as number yeah now i have to close ten thousand things one sec don't show the trace route if you don't want people to know your general location you got it okay setting things up I, I hope hopefully it'll let me because I haven't shared my screen in zoom yet uh, all right or you can or you can give me the as number and I'll look at yeah, it yeah hold on I, I want to figure this out getting close honestly screen share is probably better than your video anyway if you got packet loss because <laughs> it, it compresses better okay let's see um Wait, how do I do I'm I'm so used to Google Hangouts right now. Do I do really? There's more? a huge green button, share screen. Oh, huge green button. Okay, there we go. And I'm this is where people are like, can I just edit the the podcast just a little bit? Wait, no, we don't edit. <laughs> Sorry. Uh okay. Look, if we edited this, we just we would only do half as many. Yeah. Maybe if that. Okay. I'm sure. All right. Can you see this now. I'm gonna. Yes. I think I'm just sharing that tab. So I grab this AS number. We do see your bookmarks. So you... I know I couldn't figure out how to get rid of those, but they're <laughs> they're innocuous. You can see my writing tracker. Um, okay. Here we go. Fantastic. Yeah, I should have been able to recognize that because I've had issues with Comcast as well. Um, okay, so the IP info .io should be fine. I mean that one. The first one is probably fine too. But yeah this is just like an aggregation of publicly available um information related to the as um so okay so i just want to go i'm kind of glancing back at uh the trace route here it is yes. the same as number from hop two all the way to hop eight comcast is big yeah yeah so i don't know if comcast is your isp if it's hop two I, yeah i have xfinity yeah Xfinity, yeah. So uh, Xfinity, those who don't know, is the consumer brand of Comcast. Yeah. Um. So that that's why it's hop two because it's your ISP. That's like that's what's going to be the hop after your home router. Yep. Um. And, but then they're responsible for getting your traffic ultimately to Zoom. But they may be a peer of Zoom, and actually we can probably figure that out, uh, if we want to, if we had time. Um. So they may be the last hop before Zoom. Um. A more traditional kind of setup if you're not using an ISP the size of Comcast, is that you might have a regional ISP, like yeah. in San Francisco, there's one called Monkey Brains. Yeah. It's tiny. Maybe they're also in Portland or something. Like I, I've got no idea, but I'm just like guessing. Uh, it's a very niche ISP. Yep. That's, your, that's your retail, like small local ISP. But like they would then need to get traffic further out into the internet, right? So maybe tops two, three, four are Monkey Brains. 
And then five is going to be what's often called a regional ISP, yeah. traditionally something like Comcast. And that's maybe going to get it interstate or across the country or something. Um, but then even Comcast is not what's called a tier one ISP. Yeah, I, for some reason, I thought maybe that Comcast would sort of stop maybe in California and then it would enter this sort of like information superhighway that is generic and maybe that's the tier one. So I'm, I'm probably thinking about that wrong. Yeah, Comcast is not technically part of the backbone, which is okay. the tier ones, um, yeah. but it is so massive. It's like, it's it's kind of close enough. So Com Comcast can't guarantee that it can get your traffic to literally anywhere. So if you, you know, if we were to run MTR again to yahoo.co.jp or something, yeah. you're going to you're going to see non Comcast hops uh after it goes over the uh, uh the Pacific. Right. Um so uh even just like the penultimate hop before the Pacific, you're going to see like before you see that big latency jump, you're going to see that it's not Comcast. Um, I believe, at least for you, my my guess from California, but um, uh, yeah. So they're not technically a tier one. The tier ones they do what's called settlement settlement free peering, which is uh, basically they peer the, the same kind of peering relationship that we've described. But just like you would pay Monkey Brains and Monkey Brains pays Comcast, or like specifically in your case, you pay Xfinity. Uh, if Comcast needs to use a tier one, like AT&T, let's say, to get the packet further, they pay AT&T for that, right? Yeah. That's It's like wholesale internet. Um, it's it's like they're the retailers to you of internet, of internet service, but they also need to pay other people if the traffic is going to be conveyed, right? Would, would a tier one, just their business model is never to go direct to consumer? They're really, their customers, that's the ISPs, okay. Well, kind of. I mean, AT&T obviously has a consumer business as well, yeah. but this, what they're doing in this case is entirely detached from their consumer business. Comcast is interesting because it very much has a retail offering in yeah. Xfinity. There's Comcast business, which is like a retail to business um, offering as well, but then they play the role of a regional ISP and closer tier one as well um by providing more wholesale level service they just didn't more business but most yeah. of the tier ones they just kind of stick to that as a kind of wholesale business but yeah to be a tier one in effect you're getting into agreements with the other tier ones to say it's free traffic we're not we're not just we're not going to keep track you give stuff to me i give stuff back yeah. you know request has a response it kind of evens out yeah. so that's why it's settlement free uh, anyway, just to give you a kind of idea of the structure of the internet, you know, the, after you learn about autonomous systems, it's like, well, who runs these? Why? You know, who pays whom? Like, why do they, why did, do, why does everyone actually carry the traffic? Yeah. It's ultimately these commercial arrangements, uh, that you, that you don't see. And then physical arrangements of actually connecting and then the whole businesses of like, let's make a building where everyone can get together and, and do their peering like physically. Uh, which has I'm still as I'm still not fully understanding tier one because again tier one seems more fundamental. Is tier one quote unquote everywhere, or tier one isn't even everywhere? It just happens to be gluing certain things together. The like this the super highway or backbone kind of analogies are reasonable. It's like this these are the really high throughput links um, that that a lot of people are going to send a large amount of traffic over. They're yep. not the smaller like arterial roads. Okay. Um, they're not the like local roads that end in cul-de-sacs. That's okay. all. And the so, and so Comcast 
would rather like it ha it's made the play that they're going to get big enough that they don't want to have to pay the tier one. So they're just growing exactly. and they sort of stay internally. Okay. Exactly. Every time they pay the peer, the tier ones, they're like, oh, can't we just have this link ourselves? Obviously that's very expensive infrastructure to put into place, particularly the like uh, oceanic cables. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a limit to how much they want to spend, invest. Um, but, uh, you know, if they can avoid paying T1s. I'm, I'm shocked Comcast isn't, why is Comcast not charging me by the distance of the IP I'm requesting? Oh yeah. I mean, that's just like how the business ended up, you know, okay. you gotta, you gotta make it friendly for consumers and have okay. like a, uh, unlimited, we've kind of uh, equilibrated around an unlimited plan for a certain amount. Per, I mean, I, get, I thank God they have, but I feel like if they had the choice, they would have definitely penalized you for. But that. it's like, what are, what are you going to do as a consumer? Be like, well, I'm I'm going to use caching more. I'm going to use a local cache. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's hard for the business to, to reflect okay. the physical reality of how the packets are moving, for sure. Okay, now okay, I'm all on this up. is to say you can complain to Comcast. Um, you will get mixed success if you're on Xfinity. But I did this with Comcast Business, yeah. where you can call them up, say, hey, can I speak to someone? For, I mean, obviously, you got to escalate to someone who you can talk to about your trace route. Press zero at least three times. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, you can be like, hey, man, I did the trace route, and uh, here's the packet loss that I'm getting. And uh, you know, I can give you some logs. Um, you mind looking into it? And there's there's someone there, particularly with Comcast Business, they do respond. There's someone there who's okay. like, ah, oh, yeah, you have in fact identified that we have an issue. Nice. I have to admit it, and we will maybe fix it. So nice. okay. Okay. And then for uh, that solves that for my local thing. It seems like after we hang up, I just gotta unplug and hope for the best. Yeah, that yeah, it's that's probably stayed on your router. Yeah. Um, the Comcast thing is tricky though because like. You're you're saying, do I get Starlink? And Starlink would disintermediate Comcast for a lot of this, uh, maybe for the entire thing. Depends on what kind of peering relationship Starlink has um, at its uh, kind of terrestrial terrestrial nodes. Um, but uh, it could be that you end up back at Comcast because they're kind of ubiquitous. And this particular hop is so close to the Zoom server that um, you are uh, kind of beholden to. Okay, yeah. I just I just did the next one too. So right after this is Hop Nine, so Cloudflare. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. This is where this is where it's not actually matching our experience of being on the Zoom call here. Even though you did manage to pick up the same packet loss or some packet loss, yeah. if it's getting to Cloudflare, what's happening is that the Zoom website must be using Cloudflare as a CDN. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Comcast is peering with Cloudflare and this website, if not this website, then another BGP aggregator. If you scroll down, it should show the main peers and you may actually be able to see Cloudflare peering with, yeah, can you scroll down more, more, more? Peers. No. Peers, there you go. Yeah, so you should, we should see Comcast on this list of peers. I mean, this is, if anyone is going to peer with everybody, it's Cloudflare. So this yeah. is a very long list. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, many ISPs want to peer very extensively as well. It's not typical to see over a thousand peers. This is like a thousand contracts that they enter into wow. uh, to, to physically link with these entities. So these, yeah, that means that they're sure. physically linked, not linked through some other hop. Yes, it, okay. it does mean that they have a direct physical connection. They may 
outsource the the management of that to another company yeah. um, and there are many that run these internet exchange points um but um uh yeah they this by the way uh this is all of the peers if you go back into your google search um and to go to that hurricane website i think that one yeah do that one i think that ranks by top peers there may be a bit more illustrative yeah, it's loading or validating or something okay so this is for cloudflare yeah this is cloudflare okay that's a lot of peers it's interesting to see the peer count as well oh wow so can you find out can you surmise where this is based on the number of peers that is there can is i figure some, out yeah. physically where physically it is? yeah no right no i mean not by the number of peers yeah i mean you can infer it's probably in the us because that's where this yeah. this kind of thing is most aggressively done but okay i want to um, see i want to look at the last the last one here yeah scroll up a little bit more so I, uh, the as that i see there is the where is the why is it only showing oh yeah i guess because there's such a long tail for cloudflare it's showing like a long it's showing one top one and then others just based on bad data views but for a more typical as um that visualization uh will will show like top 10 or 20 or something which is often interesting Let's do you have the as for the next top after this yeah the, yeah this is the final one i'll plug it in here at the top it could also be one of cloudflare's it is yeah cloudflare london that's interesting oh wow well it may not be that interesting it's just like the entity with which the as is associated Okay. the AS numbers associated may not be a big deal you know Here. companies accumulate these through acquisitions and stuff okay can you all right so every hop in this thing is an autonomous system is every hop in your trace route an autonomous system is that what you're asking yeah so, well, I guess every, so these are hops within an autonomous system. So that's that yes. block two to eight is all within that one autonomous. That's all Comcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. um, from, from the perspective of like, how does that work? Why is that happening? Um, that Comcast determines how to do its interior routing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, they don't get it right all the time and you can't go them up and, and say, I did a trace route from here, from Northern California to Southern California and went through Texas, yeah. I have proof fix this. And uh, sometimes they will fix it anyway. Right. And, Cause it does so seem they, like the, the um, they're giving me a little bit of detail within, within Comcast. I can see, okay, this one is like somewhere else in California. So yeah, like, you see the reverse yeah. DNS, the reverse yeah. DNS is not foolproof. Yeah. Basically they just have a DNS record in there in, in the DNS system. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh, has a kind of flip structure that allows allows them to specify a host name for the IP cool. address. Um, so you can't like hundred percent rely on it, but you can typically infer um, what what that those interior hops are. But the thing to point out is that th that does not use BGP. So the logic yeah. of within from two to eight in your case, how it's doing that routing is up to Comcast. If they wanted to manually configure all the routers, they could. Obviously, that would be lunacy. We do have automated systems. Um, basically, do you remember like Dijkstra's algorithm from algorithms yeah. class? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like 
Dijkstra, Bellman, Ford. This this is one of the big hits of uh, of algorithms. You're like, if you ever get to teach algorithms, mm -hmm. you're waiting for the weighted graph traversal class where you're like, guys, we managed to get it into the the internet. Yeah. Well, it's not the internet. It's just interior routing in an autonomous system. But basically, these algorithms, they're open source ones. OSPF is a common one you can look into okay. if you're curious. But it's basically, let's run Bellman Ford or Dijkstra or like some variant nice. of this weighted graph traversal to see what's the shortest path between yeah. any two nodes in the system. Yeah. No, you nice. can't do that at the level of the internet because there, there are too many uh, permutations but um, uh, or too many like pairs, but you can do that internally. It's nice to know the algorithm stuff pays off. Just that one though. <laughs> <laughs> sweet okay it's like you well, teach 11 out of 12 classes where you're like really struggling yeah, you're not going to use it yeah i sure you're going to use it but this uh this this paid off okay wow well would there have been uh, one other question would there have been anything from this trace route where you and i could have said you know what do this and we fixed it I, it, like how actionable was this investigation outside of okay i'm going to call okay. up customer support and i'm they're going to maybe get back to me in a year in this kind of situation where it's yeah. like i'm having an issue i'm dropping packets on a zoom call yeah the best you're really able to do is better diagnose the problem is it zoom is it my isp is it someone else's isp like is it something along the way is it my local network you figured that out very quickly with traceroute yeah uh, typically. And so, you know, the difference between turning off your router, switching from Zoom to Google Hangouts, changing your ISP, those are very substantially right. okay. things. Um, but like, what are you going to do after that other than call and complain, maybe change ISPs? Not so much. The thing is, if you are running like a networked application in a data center, you know, you're, you're participating in this. Sure, you're outsourcing yeah. some of that to Amazon, um, but like you're part of Amazon's autonomous system you know yeah uh, and and uh well i guess it still comes down to a customer service thing but uh but no i mean it may get to the point where you're doing your own routing within aws you're yeah. configuring that yourself and you've gotten something wrong and that's going to show up on trace route yeah yeah so in the final hops that's what well, that's what you might you might do with trace route What's yeah, or you have a fancy local network, I guess, but more likely it's from, from the perspective of you and I as software engineers who write networked applications, we're probably going to do some amount of networking, at least via configuration in our data center. That's going to be more than one hop a lot of the time. And um, and you're going to be able to see that in Traceroute. It would be sweet to add to Traceroute the hops between the different access points on your network. Like, Oh, okay. yeah, but that's just not an IP thing. Like, it's not IP yeah. addressed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you, so you're talking about like you you got a switch. Yeah, I, I got a switch like an Ethernet. I got switch. a cable with a switch, and maybe I'm like there's an ac wireless access attached to the switch. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it just works in such a different way. Like it seems like a router switch. Like it's basically the same thing, right? You plug in cables, it yeah. forwards the data based on rules. Yeah. Um, but like a switch doesn't have an IP address. It doesn't even have a MAC address. It's not an addressable entity. It is just a thing that receives data and then forwards it on based on logic that is entirely different to the prefix free, uh, the um, longest prefix match algorithm of of IP. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like very commonly confused switch and router, particularly because people will sell like a thing that acts both as a switch and a router mm -hmm. as one unit. Um, but uh, conceptually, yeah. yeah, it would be cool, but it would be very hard again because you'd have to infer the not addressable things. Yeah. Well, 
I, what uh, were we going to talk about, Charlie? Birds? Why this podcast is, uh, yeah, birds. It's a, a new birding show that we put out. Why you should not listen to podcasts. I mean, this ended up not being a podcast, really, I guess. No, it didn't. Um, I, well, I like certainly it. wouldn't want to watch this episode, given uh, how first <laughs> I am halfway through it. But who knows? Maybe someone will enjoy it. Um, yeah. What were we saying? Yeah, don't listen to podcasts. Don't listen. To, not on your run, at least. No, you got to appreciate where you are, not to give away your location, but red-tailed hawks and other... And owls. I'm, I'm going on owl watch again tonight. I will report back. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get a photo. Do you know what kind of owl it is? Just for my own curiosity. It is a uh, great horned owl. Oh, wow. Cool. Which, which I looked, that is very widely distributed in North America, but I've certainly never seen one before. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to be paying attention. That's what we're talking about. Red tail, red tail eagles are also. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, seeing those in, or hearing them in Alamo Square in SF. Just so cool. Fantastic. Okay, go well, watch some birds, everybody. All right, and, and capture packets. Do some trace routes. Yeah. Later. Thanks, man. See ya. Take care.